2: No place to escape
3: to. This is the last On the left,
2: (laughs) side stories.
3: That's when the cannibalism started.
1: Side Side (laughs) stories. Yes. yes. Hold on before the show. I have to slam down some of this Spring Hill Jack coffee. Oh, slam it down, baby! Oh man, it makes me shit in a way that is inspiring.
2: I love it, man. I, I read love this it.
1: story. I don't even want to cover in-depth in the show, but there's a naked man on meth who ran through a wall. I, you know, I don't think it's enough. But Spring Hill Jack Coffee makes me feel like maybe I could do that. Like maybe I could just remove all my clothes and just fucking rip through a bunch of plaster and surprise a family as they're sitting down to dinner. Isn't you know that I mean? interesting? Is that, like a like I mean, a I'm coffee. the turkey! Turkeys yeah. are up, but first thing you got to do is you got to pluck my feathers. Oh, my. pluck my feathers, and then I start pulling the butt hair out of my crack. Like, <laughs> I start like pulling a, them out.
2: Like a coffee-fueled, felonious Kool-Aid man. I love yep. it. Welcome yes. to
1: Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. Sure you are. I, a, a, am I Ben Kissel? You a- ever question every day? You ever look in the mirror and say, like, what does it mean to be Ben Kissel? No, I don't. Henry Zabrowski is with me as well. And when I look in the mirror and I say, "Hey, you're Henry Zabrowski, what does that mean to you?" It means, number one, of the lineage of the winged hussars, uh-huh. the bravest soldiers of the Polish legions. Uh-huh. Um, currently I am uh, down to one other civilization, and I, I playing Poland on Civ5. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm doing a domination victory type, and I'm down to one last civilization that will soon fall to my knife. Right, and I understand that eventually they will see. They will begin to call me not unlike uh, in Dune Messiah. They will begin to call me Henry the Knife, the most feared yet respected, because the science that I have built, the respect for science I have built in my civilization, is so well. What kind powerful. of what
2: kind of science you doing? Bombs, bomb science.
1: Yep. So when All I look right. at my when I look at myself in the mirror, I view the brave, cruel yet fair. Leader of the winged Hussars. Uh-huh. What you should start thinking about? What do you project into this life?
2: Right, right. Of course, in the context of Civ 5. Well, I mean, I do feel like you are a leader. You do seem mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe the next extension of Kim Jong Un once he dies of gout related illness, something to do I'll with turn type North 2 Carrier diabetes. Around. I think that you would became... actually do exactly what he's doing because no, you no, have no, the no, body no, no. of a leader of the Kim dynasty.
1: If I was in charge of North Korea, I would. I could flip it. You ever seen that house? It's How- like one of those like house flippers, like one of those house flipper shows? Well, sure. I would do it with a dictatorship, make it the roller coaster capital of the world, get mm-hmm. people to start showing up just simply for my—I'd mar- go for a culture victory. You yes. want to use the five words? If I would, if I was going to go dictatorship in North Korea, I'd go culture victory, make it a destination for people to come, open up everything, make legalize all drugs. Uh-huh. Get, uh huh. Get uh But honestly, but change the the social nature of the entire country. I would make it more liberal. I would make it more uh, open and accepting of people. I'd open up the coffers of the rich to everyone else, except for mine, of course. And you're gonna I'd do this. It. You're gonna do this with roller coasters. I'm going to start with roller coasters, but to add another uh, eight year old reference, I'd add Danny. I'd use the Daenerys way of being a dictator where you free all the slaves. And everyone will look upon you with respect, but you also need a legion of unbeatable soldiers, my winged hussars. Well, very interesting you mentioned winged
2: soldiers here because I was thinking, is this person a hero? Is this person not a hero? But we've been having a pretty extensive conversation about what's going on right now in Las Vegas. And no, not the crippling meth addiction, not the crippling gambling addiction. Evidently, there's a vigilante putting cowboy hats on pigeons, and they're little cowboy hats. But the thing is, it is technically a crime, evidently, and there's a lot of pigeon advocacy groups who don't think it's cute, who don't see them as little John Wayne pigeons, who see them
1: as victims in all this, and I'm totally conflicted. I'm really surprised that you decided to lead with this story. Yeah, but I mean it- because also Papa John got divorced, so Papa oh, John is no. is out of the house. You know what I mean? Uh, which is, I think that we have been so far correct. We've been the spearhead of this story so far. I do, I do believe that uh, we put our stamp on it. And Papa John is out there now. He's he's going to be seen on Hinge, and we oh, talked to a couple no. people on tour this weekend that had seen him around the Louisville area. And yep. He is definitely a uh, he's a wild card. He's in the mix. I um, don't know if he's got a, no home. I, I don't know if he's a wild card. Everyone just said he looked extremely <laughs> depressed. We you were don't like, think what's that he,
2: he's not the literal definition of a wild card? I think he's emotionally unhinged, traumatic, uh, dramatically traumatized with the ousting of the only thing he cared about, which was his pizza outfit. Um, I. Everyone said when they saw him, he just looked sad. I'll tell you where there's a lot of people that have been kind
0: of they've been harping on me they've been uh, they've been roasting me. I appreciate Aww. the attention. I'm getting a lot of likes on my dog photos on my Instagram. The official John Schneider. You got to take a look at that. It's big. It's getting big. It's the wave. It's a cultural wave. I'm be on H3 H3. It's huge for the youth. Um, this can be a big time for me. Actually, it's huge. But at the same time, like you know, I'm now up to. Um, but 185 pizzas in 65 days. I oh, Papa! I am now, um, but at the same time, I'm about to take it to 1 million dates in 300 days.
2: I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna date all of Louisville. I actually think Papa John's
1: might be the one putting the cowboy hats on the pigeon. No, he ain't got that kind of far reach. I think Papa John is now. Cause what is what is the first thing that gets in the way of you and your reckoning? We all your know wife. this, especially us us married. Yeah, us married guys. That wife is a my wife is a pesky obstacle. No, she's just on trying. my revenge against society. Once a wife starts to see her husband licking guns,
2: looking at knives no, no, in the knife drawer, like once you start naming no, no. all the weapons in your house, like this is Raphael well, you know, Leonardo, when Michelangelo you have maps
1: of the city's understructure. Yeah, you like know where the subway where all this you have subway maps, but not like what you use for a customer, but like literally like the people that run the subways like you're looking at blueprints of the subways when you're talking about reservoir access. If you're you're talking about being like
2: if you're buying a lot of red Sharpies and making a lot of red circles on said map with arrows and like names that you X out slowly as you look at them and think. I've
0: been talking to my friend, Elon Musk. I mean, obviously, we hang out. Um, Grimes makes an incredible jalapeno dip. (laughs) You'd be surprised because she can't even eat it. She can't even her throat's too thin. What? Um, She is a human cigarette. Oh. Oh, but I tell you what... Uh, me and Elon have been talking a lot about what's a good way to get me a sound weapon that'll make people shit their pants. Like really? people are doing with this new subpar Papa John's. These new subpar Papa John's pizza coming out and I tell you what, I'm a person of, I've had 185 pizzas in the last 67 days and I know for a fact that the, the quality is dropping. So I want to do the same vengeance as Papa John's is doing slowly on people. I want to do it on a mass scale with a giant plane.
2: I understand that Papa John made some mistakes. I think we all agree with that. But, I do – he is correct when it comes to Papa John's pizza quality going downhill. I have stopped Papa John's. I went – I had four Papa John experiences in a row, back to back to back to back. And I was Why? like – "I'm." I'm this was about Why? a year ago because I was oh. – Papa was in the house. And mm-hmm. I was like, maybe it was just a fluke. Maybe it was a fluke. But by the fourth time, I was like, no, something happened. They went cheap on something Papa was the safeguard. He was the stopgap. They skimped on the cheese, the sauce, even the garlic butter isn't the same. So he is
1: technically correct when he talks about the pizza going downhill. I do believe that chefs need to have, they need to install and inspire a certain amount of fear in their staff in yes. order for the food to be good. I really do believe that. That's why chefs, a lot of times, are very scary. And not, Big personalities. And not a
2: Mario Batali type fear, a Gordon no, no, Ramsay no, 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 type no. fear. a yes. Ramsay Where it's like you get criticized to the point where you cry when you leave, and then the next day, you don't make that same mistake again. You don't
1: make that same mistake, but it's not about getting your bubbies licked. Or getting no. your poochie grabbed. No. right? You're getting your poochie grabbed by the Patali. You punch you him to, in the face. Obviously, you punch him in the face. You take those Crocs. You steal those Crocs off oh. of his big sweaty Italian Ugh. feet and you push him down on the ground. Because that's the only way he's standing up because of the grip yep. of the Crocs. Yep. But if you are a proper chef, they will be so afraid to make the soup too hot. They'll be so afraid to cook that salmon. To an improper te- sure. temperature. So yes, I understand why Papa John's reckoning used to be contained in more of a vision, more of a vision for the company. But now that Papa John is out of the house, because she's about to take, 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 take that money. Damn. How much do you take... think
2: he's worth? What is Papa worth, do you think? Let's look it up. Let's take a look. I'm going to guess. Papa audi- John's now. I'm not even typing in his name. Oh, they know. Papa John's net worth. Right. They if know what they were talking about. If you're in the car right now, play along. I'm going to say he is worth... Eighty million, that's what I'm gonna say. Eighty
1: that's million That's it. That's it. Eight hundred million. <coughs> <coughs>
2: so so of garlic you, don't, sauce? Think garlic you sauce? don't
1: think that Papa John's reckoning is oh not going to be such God. a massive tidal wave? Like with eight hundred million? I mean, obviously he's almost a billionaire. Off of he's cheese? almost a billionaire. He is going to be such a dangerous person out there and he keeps saying like he's acting like he's he's playing into the joke and he's to like, a lot of people say i'm covered in garlic juice but i tell you what
0: yeah
2: I, I did do it like he's trying to act like it's funny and if you follow him on instagram you notice he's putting some of the memes up that people are yep. putting up like he We're is normalizing th-
1: him normalizing trying to lean in we're normalizing him and he's going to get in so deep to the American hearts, and then he's going to betray us with a knife in the back I know this for a fact he killed Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> and he did a thing he is and he is deeply involved I want to see I want to see his ties to the Trumps I want to see the documents I want to see where his his ties are in the Ukraine I want to see where the money's being kept in the various islands and he must have he must have a Saint Papa Johns I somewhere don't,
2: honestly I think I think the only thing he wants to do is make pizza. He doesn't want to have I'm, sex with children. I think he just, I think pizza is so truly his innocent. love. Innocent. I'm with
0: you. But I don't, know, what if if he, he I don't starts, know if it's innocent.
1: I, I just what if he like, starts going, God Emperor of Dune, and he's like, What if I built a pizza out of people's souls? Like, yeah. he's not saying stuff like that, where it is about making a pizza but I could totally he's calling see
2: us ingredients. I could totally see him going pinhead from Hellraiser 2, just having a totem made of human flesh uh, that is then given to some weird DJ somewhere at some music venue. I could you see literally be
1: frightened. Part. You should be am- frightened right now. If you're in the Louisville area, all right, if you're in Louisville and you know if, the, if you see Papa John, number one, buy him a cup of coffee and say get on his good side. Get on his good side. First of all, because we need an agent on the inside. If you're listening to the show and you see Louisville, if you're in Louisville and you see Papa John out there, I want you to be an ambassador. I want you to get on the good side. You got to get in, you got to find out whatever La Quinta he's staying in right now because his wife won't let him stay in the house.
2: 800 million, buddy. You know he's staying at a Sheridan.
1: He's at a Sheridan. He's a fancy man. But, well, I mean, obviously, we've already probably dedicated an hour total in the last three weeks talking about Papa John. So I think that now. If we could get some insider information, that'd be really great. If you're a beautiful, busty woman, I'm gonna say that his tastes probably run. If you're between the ages of 35 and 45, honestly, I bet you he is like solid cougar territory. I
2: truly believe it is not about the sex. If you no, just, I know. Just it just show up with a fresh mozzarella. You show up with some great pizza basil, and gre- basil anything yeah. like that. Real basil. And it doesn't matter if you're a burly boy like Henry and I, or a beautiful busty gal like I'm all of our say, wonderful listeners.
1: Kessel, I, I do believe that if it's going to help, if you're a busty gal, but well, this, yeah, listen, probably. But I it's not about it's not about you. It's just getting on the inside, gain his trust. Pr- do the thing where you close hug him real bad. But Look, it doesn't, uh, I believe I believe you, John. And then you press the you press the breasts closely to his chest, uh-huh. and then he sees like. Maybe she is going to save me. Are you going to be the one that saves me? Like that song.
2: Yes, it is kind of like that song. Now, I am a little bit... I just feel like when it comes to the wife, I don't know the inner workings of their marriage. It does seem like John Schnatter is a bit of a uh, prickly fellow. Well, yeah, he's got high standards. Yes, he's got very high... (laughs) high, The (laughs) highest fast food pizza standards anyone can demand but it seems like his wife is bailing during the hard times. And I'm yes. pretty
1: sure. Uh, yeah, it is the story of Bob Ked Goldthwaite from Scrooge. When he Aww. loses, in the afternoon, he loses the job. Oh, he calls yeah. his wife. She leaves him. Yeah. He loses all of his money. He can't even get the, the little sweet. Height of ripple that he's trying to get to his lips. He can, he can splash by all the cars. This is where he's at. But this is where, this is why it's really bad. This is why this is a time where we could send, we can weaponize our busty listeners out to go and speak to Papa John, try to soothe him, try to understand him a little bit, but also find out if he's got documents about where satellites are in the sky.
2: Yes, that's a, that's but a very good that's point. That's the big
1: thing. But is If you find out if you if he gets anywhere close to any sort of power plant right. or a water desalinization plant, you got to tell us immediately and we have to call the FBI. Oh my god, honey, I'm pouring all the i I got this tap water here. It's nothing but
2: garlic butter. Papa! He finally did it. The
0: golden wave. That's what he calls it. It's just like presently the golden wave of death.
2: You will all um, die of diabetes one toe at a time. Thank you, Pop. Um,
1: let's just, uh, all right, let's leave Pop all alone. We're going to leave bit. him alone. But yes, give
2: him a hug if you see him in Louisville. He is sad right now. But, but understand, understand,
1: but this is not about pure sympathy. Understand that when you get close to the center of the eye of that hurricane, right. you too will either become complicit or a victim. So know that. Know that with the know and strong. understand that your 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 standards and your principles might be compromised by his charm?
2: <laughs> yes. He'll talk by about his, his car. He'll talk about that 77 his... seven car of his that he just loves. As a matter yes. of fact, there's his, if you go on his Instagram, he has a full... What is it like? Four paragraphs? He's like, you might not know the story of my car. No, it's <laughs> a goes, big deal. It's, it's a it big deal. Is.
1: I just saying, just just <laughs> get out there. Just just know for a fact that he uh, he is a, a chaos wizard, and uh, we are. He is very dangerous. But Henry, why doesn't he just start another pizza restaurant? <laughs> Can't he just do another one called like John's Pizza? So, it's when Ozymandias was thrown from, from the, the height of his civilization, do you think he just went on and made some new other series of franchise civilizations? You can no. He made one standing work that we are supposed to look upon in despair, seeing the previous power of the, his massive civilization and how, with just the, the winds of sand, it is turned into rubble. But what if, this is a big what if,
2: five years down the road... Papa is back in control of Papa John's. The pizza is back on track. I don't think and any of this is happening. I don't think he's getting back <sighs> in. Well, they do have to fix that pizza. That's all I know. Anyway, I started talking about this damn cowboy hat pigeon. I wanted all to right. talk about pigeons because right, I was going to do this. Let's finish this up. Let's finish this up. Finish it. I, this is going to be the whole ep- This is the whole episode. Oh the, my there's God. pigeons in Las Vegas wearing cowboy hats. It's amazing. Howdy, partner. I'm a pigeon. All
1: right. <laughs> this is, this What's wrong, is, wrong with are you? you? So the pigeon people, the pigeon representatives are against the cats okay. on the pigeons. But so, is it because they're
2: being stapled to their heads? We don't know how this is the controversy. No one knows how the hats are staying on the pigeons. Are they glued? How? Are they stapled? We don't know. They so, could have little bands. So there is this woman. Her name is Maria Hillman. Now, what does she do, Henry? What do you, What do you think she does? Okay, she um,
1: is, she say she harvests breast milk for Billary for Billary Clinton. So no, they call him Billary Clinton's house. She so does they can not, have
2: breast milk cheese. No, no, they don't have breast. No, she works at Lofty Hopes, and Lofty Hopes is a local animal animal rescue and pigeon advocacy group. Did you know the okay. pigeons had an advocacy group? I think they need one. I think they're living tough lives. I guess so. And this is what she said. She said, "At first, I was like, oh my god, it's so cute.'" And then I was like, wait a minute, how did they get those hats on there? And the the advocacy group Lofty Hopes, their slogan is a pigeon positive movement. That is nice, honestly. It is nice. The identity of the person who is putting the cowboy hats on the pigeons remains unknown. But this is the question Hillman had. Did they glue them on? What does that mean? Also... Is it something that is going to impede their flight or attract predators? And I'm just going to say this: a cowboy hat doesn't attract predators. A cowboy hat detracts predators. That's why the cowboys wear them.
1: I uh, ha-ha. I just want to know whether or not is it fucking with their eating habits or their mating habits. And because if not, I'm going to go down on a limb here and say it's technically just art. I think it's adorable, and that's if why. Putting, and the, or it's fashion. It, it is fashion. fashion. And, and do you saying as an advocate for pigeons, do you want pigeons to look less impressive when they're hanging out with other birds? But I just like don't they, know. I you don't, I, don't that's think a what I'm pigeon saying. doesn't feel inadequate sometimes hanging out with an eagle, uh, of even course hanging they do. out with
2: a chicken. Sure, they do. And now they can feel like John Travolta uh, in Urban Cowboy. They can walk into stores with confidence. They can go to the slot machines, pull those slots down, get all the money, sit down at the poker table the way they always wanted to. Pigeons need rights so i agree with the group but sometimes also pigeons need cover from the sun that's what cowboy hats provide so this was going to be my hero of the week but then i read the article and then there seems to be a lot of blowback specifically from lofty hopes so now this is just a crime story because evidently it is technically illegal to put cowboy hats on pigeons which i just didn't know
1: if you're gonna fucking honestly if you're gonna arrest the man for putting hats on pigeons i say are we gonna arrest versace we can't (laughs) even But are we going to arrest Dolce Gabbana? I don't even know who runs that, but I'm saying, are we going to arrest these people for just trying to make people a little bit more presentable?
2: I would love to see Dolce Gabbana, whoever they are. Yes, it would be fun to see
1: them perp walked and just have to spend one hour in a prison. Just one hour. No. That's all I no! Need. They would, they would die just from the air quality. They would die. They, yeah, they're too, they're too special. They're too special for that Kissel. You I understand know. how special fans, fashion is and how important it is. Oh my God! What was the name of
2: the skinny guy who looked like an uh an old timey Nazi that just died? Which one? The one that died? The fashion? Oh, guy. the
1: guy with the big sunglasses and the and the gloves. Yeah, the guy that looks
2: like he just like you um, know does horrible things to children. His
1: name is Carluccio. Banan, Banancio, <laughs> fashion designers with sunglasses, with sunglasses, Banan-tio. Is it? I do not think, it's not, it's like f- Frankenberger it's, or something. It, uh, Ripper von, Ripper von Hocken, Hockenschnucker. I'm looking at this, it has got this old bitch with Carl, the glasses. Carl Lagerfield. Lagerfield. <laughs> this
2: is a great Well, anyway. Episode. That is All right. it. The, the cowboy hats on the pigeons. But before we get into some more stuff, because there are some really creepy ass stories this week. Um, speaking of creepy stories, next week we are going to dedicate the entire episode to Myrdair over the holidays. So if you have any horrible holiday tales that you would like to tell us, horror holiday stories, email side stories, L P O T L, at gmail.com, and
1: uh, we'll read some of those on the air. Okay. I also got so fucking passionate about Papa John's and then pulled into your web of pigeons and hats, and I forgot that we had a bunch of fucking I had a bunch of information that we had to spread at the beginning of today's episode number one this is going to be coming out hopefully before the show comes out it's the Regent Theater Los Angeles Wizard and the Bruiser page seven are live 8 p.m. it is Wednesday December 11th come out and see it they, they if I could, they need your support come out and see these motherfuckers number two next week Last Podcast and the Left is about to release our entire 2020 touring Woo! system, the first chunk of it, um, next week. So if you want to oh. buy tickets to see our shows, it would be great. If you want to get them for Christmas, this is time to get them. We're doing 20 cities in a month, and we're going to be out there fucking like uh, top fog hat style we're on the road april is going to be a wild time for
2: us we may have a big old tour bus we don't quite know yet um but yes we can't wait to see you all out for the book tour we're going to be filming this year's live show in new orleans this weekend so friday. next year it'll be a to- it'll be friday uh, next year
1: totally different show
2: it'll be book tour based um, so completely we are serial to killers. Completely serial killers. We're, we're excited. We're to see really, that.
1: really excited to, and we'll be, you know, hawking a book. Excited for you to see all the work we've put into the book. And on, and for Friday, this is number three. If you're coming to Nola show, wear a fucking costume. Yeah, you want be in it. That would yes. be pretty sweet. Wear
2: a costume because we're gonna have a bunch of cameras and all that stuff, and we want more crowd shots this year than we had last year, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So we can't wait to see you all. In uh, New Orleans, and then Saturday, you can find us stumbling somewhere around in oh New Orleans. God. At some point, Henry will be dragging me. As surprisingly good he is at doing, I think it's his low Polish stance. When well, I'm low- on the ground, it's
1: just like a cup, it's like a sled. You are just a big sled. Yeah. It'd be nice to put things on top of you and use you for something useful.
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 you Papa's fucking in the house.
1: You fu- Papa's out of the house. Papa's not going to have a house soon. No, Papa's, Papa's in the got hotel. Papa getting divorced, he's still sitting on commas. But she's That's gonna kinda kinda get four hundred million dollars. Yeah, dude. Just for being fed up. Just for sucking Papa John's cock. Like eight years ago, eight times. Yep. That's it. That's all you gotta do, ladies. All right, here we go. This is a story that I'm very, very excited about. This is i have been really getting to because I've been watching uh, Hellier season two quite a bit. Yes, really getting deeper and deeper,
0: deeper, deeper
1: into uh, more anomalous activity. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, so this is a really fun story out of Chicago, the uh, O'Hare Airport. Trucker reports seven foot tall person with wings near O'Hare International Airport. This comes from the singularfortean dot com by Tobias Wayland. Manuel Navarrete of the UFO Clearinghouse received a report recently from a man who said he was standing outside of a cargo dock at O'Hara International Airport in Chicago when he spotted a seven-foot-tall person with wings just outside of a fence by the parking lot. The sighting reportedly took place at approximately 6.30 p.m. on November 26. According to the report, I was at the airport picking up a load at Nippon. I was already backed into a
0: dock, and I was standing away from the truck, smoking a cigarette while they loaded my truck. I was looking towards the runways in the directions of the tunnel, and that is when I noticed something that looked like a large bird Mm. standing just outside of the fence by the parking lot. It was not hard to miss because two street lamps were nearby. It looked like a person with wings that were stretched out and flapping. It was walking away from the fence toward the open field and then began to flap its wings and disappeared.
2: Levitt was able to speak with the witness over a phone. Is it possible, Henry, that this was the ghost of Carol Spinney, the man who played Big Bird, who died this week? No, we know he's in hell. (laughs) You, oh, Henry (laughs) Zabrowski, you're (laughs) incredulous. He is not in hell. uh,
1: He's not guilty of any crimes, right? No, he's big, he is, you are just, your brain... You Elmo a, was. Elmo was a was, whole another
2: thing. Also, no, Carol Spinney was just Big Bird. He was just Big Bird.
1: He I just, love that. I love Big Bird. Okay. I watched the clip of a uh, Big Bird singing "It's on Easy Being Green" at Jim Henson's funeral, oh, and then I thought about how sad that is that they made him fucking get in a costume for the funeral. <laughs> he couldn't even sit there in a fucking. he like it had to be a gig. <laughs> I understand though it's important it's a whole thing. I know it's an honor. I'm just it I'm is an honor. To be an I don't mean to be an asshole. I don't mean to be an asshole. I'm sorry for everything. Okay. I'm sorry for everything.
2: There you go. Yeah.
1: Keep on saying it. I I just thought it, what he said, the way the uh, the, the man uh, who saw this object, he uh, who saw this humanoid said that he uh, he worked for the airline Okay. and he mostly spoke Spanish, but the way that he described him, he said it looked like a demonio. Or a duende, which is a demonio's demon, it sounds like that. And a duende is a goblin, oh. hellier, Um and was solid black. The witness said he saw nothing that looked like eyes, and he assumed the creature might have had its back turned to him. He stated that it walked with a gait like a bird, and that it was flapping its wings as it walked towards a large field that was by the runways and disappeared into the night. Damn. He said he felt... He said he quickly did the sign of the cross and asked the Mary for a projection. He put out his cigarette and quickly walked back to his truck. When asked him why he did that, he stated that he felt a presence that was evil and was convinced that he had seen a demon. When he asked to elaborate on this statement, the witness refused to talk about it anymore for fear of it coming back, which I think is very interesting because Mothman was famous as being a harbinger of doom.
2: Interesting. And it's also, as people who fly regularly, like Henry and I, extremely horrifying if i find out my plane gets taken down because of some
1: demon i am gonna i'm gonna be real mad honestly it's great for the brand but there are several other sightings that have been reported in the same area of a giant flying humanoid i love flying humanoids Mm -hmm. it's a it's one of those very mysterious things in the world of cryptids that is just really about shaking up reality and again Mm -hmm. when you see these things And again, watch again and again and again. Watch season two of Hellier. That is a, if you are a true student of the occult, you will get why the show is the way it is. It is a full on example of how, if you want to tackle. A uh this kind of paranormal activity. This is the way you do it. It's a it's everything. It's UFOs, it's the it's the paranormal, it's ceremonial magic, it's all of the shit wrapped into one. And what this shit is doing is imagine that there is, if it's not a direct intelligence, but there's something that is on top of our dimension that is legitimately poking you in the forehead in your third eye, saying oh. pay attention to me. And it's mostly about like kind of like a Buddhist cone. You're, the point of it is not necessarily to get proof. it is about the seeking of the knowledge and asking the question. So it's about
2: the journey, not the destination. I think it's Aerosmith about the friends said you that.
1: make they did It's about the friends you make along the way. Right, right, and so here we go. so this is the, but several other sightings of the same humanoid have been seen, including an October 30th sighting of a large winged humanoid in Park Ridge. There was an October 29th report of a winged humanoid accompanied by several other beings, and on October 19th, sighting of a giant-sized bat outside of the Edward Hotel in Rosemont, and then October 5th, there was sighting of a tall creature with bright red eyes and large wings near the O'Hare airport, which is so this shit's been fucking popping off.
2: It's horrifying. Is there any significance to it being by an airport? Maybe they can use the wind flow as the planes take off, kind
1: of, uh, kind of Tokyo drifted a little bit. If I saw a, uh, if I saw a humanoid just, like, making love to a plane like you thought it was a big girlfriend, <laughs> that'd be kind of cute. That
2: would be kind of cute until it drains all the oil as it performs cunnilingus.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking
2: of airplanes, Henry, I think you'll find this story interesting. Swati Rooney Goyle, which I love that name, Swati Rooney Goyle. I think that's how it's pronounced. She was wearing a Hail Satan shirt. Yes. I, she was wearing it, ironically, and she, she boarded a flight. I want to say it was American Airlines. And evidently, this, she's a 49-year-old chick from Key West. Evidently, the airline crew at American Airlines was so offended, they forced her to put a sweatshirt on over it. And yes. I just feel like, um, I don't want to... This is one of those areas, even though I'm not a Satanist, but if I did ironically wear a Hail Satan shirt and someone forced me to put on a shirt, I would actually take a stand. I mean, unless we had to get to a show or something, but I would take a stand and I would like be like, no, absolutely not. That's completely insane. She didn't want to go through the
1: hassle, so she just put on her boyfriend's sweatshirt. But I tell um, you, sometimes I... I will say this, and I'm ashamed to admit it. Sometimes you wonder, is the fight too much? I'm not going to equate it to the same pain that the people in the LGBT community do, um, uh-huh. but it's really that's close. That's probably for the best. I don't know it's if really it really close is. That the idea, no, it's so close. But the idea that I have to I have to hide who I am when I go to the airport. Yeah, but I don't... Because I don't want to get pulled aside for extra questioning because I noticed that every time I wear an evil T-shirt, I always get pulled to the side or I wear something that's vaguely... Oh, that's um, fashionably forward. Well, I just I feel like it the might the be
2: your overall gritting of your teeth, the anger in your crown of your eyes, just the way you furl your brow and sort of mutter under your breath I'm going to fucking kill you all. God
1: damn I hate this. Sometimes Natalie Let's-
2: says I project a lot of. I project a lot of energy. Right, angry energy. So maybe it's that, not the shirt that says um, nothing but with two T's trouble. Um, I think it might just be more of your personality. But this woman, uh, American Airlines, has since apologized. Um, She says it's an ironic shirt. This is what she told BuzzFeed News. Uh, People usually laugh at it, or they give me a thumbs up because they understand the meaning behind it. Um, Nonetheless, this American Airlines crew They were not having it, and I'm just going to
1: tell them this. Mind your own dang beeswax. Mind your own beeswax. That's the whole point of that She got it from the TST, which is specifically a non... They don't believe in a real Satan, and they are... It is completely a political organization, uh, but... They but you know American Airlines has since apologized. Oh. They
2: did. They said sorry. But you know when it comes to, you know I got a little political. I love my politics. When it comes to the 10 commandments uh, 10 commandments being in the courtrooms or outside of courtrooms, I am such an advocate put a big baphomet up there. If you want to if you want to play this game, then you got to represent everyone. Put a Buddha. You got to play the put game. Muhammad, I don't freaking care if you want to have religious documents in the in a courthouse. You got to have it for everyone. Otherwise, just don't have it at all because the Ten Commandments, let's be honest, not exactly applicable to the court of law.
1: I mean, some t- they, some of the laws are specifically adopted for the law, like don't murder and stuff. But the stuff that's like, don't be jealous of your, your neighbor's oxen, who gives a shit? Don't covet but your also, neighbor's wife. Do you, have you seen Porn Hub? Have Half you seen Pornhub? Half the time, it? the neighbor's husband is a cuck in the corner. That's all he wants you to fuck his wife. He loves her. But I would say, yeah, I gotta watch Jesus on a fucking shirt. I gotta look at Jesus on a shirt. I can't put a big a naked woman with fucking uh, a crucifix up her pussy on a shirt and walk around the airport. That's gotta be my right. That's my right. Well, that's my right. I I yeah. gotta see your I gotta see your blue eyed Jesus screaming nailed to a post. Meanwhile, I can't wear my shirt that's got. Two lizard women 69-ing each other with a fucking a bunch of roses up their assholes? Come on. I guess you probably, you probably could. What is the difference? What is art then? Like the guy who paid 120 grand for the stupid banana oh my God. taped to the wall, and then another performance artist came in and ate it and said, that's art too. Sorry, fuckers. Right?
2: Oh, my God. That was so crazy. Yes, Henry, I would fight for your right to be horribly, horribly offensive even in front of children at an airport, nothing will be more offensive than when I saw children and you see this all the time as you travel wearing mega hats. And I'm not making a political statement here. You can listen to Ablinkin's top hat for that. They're but asking no to children, be confronted. No They're children. To be confronted. Yes, no children should ever love the president. I just don't believe it's right. No kids should ever. I never let the president. never you, trust
1: a president. No, you never don't should. Trust any president. None none I'm, of them. I don't get it. anyway. But now you can stream the live TV you love for just forty bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home, or on the go on up to three devices and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you will love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what's new. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. with Squarespace. Go head to Squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to Squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com
3: Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast-Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast-Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. i got a yard now and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants, or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that will the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a pl- Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time, terms and conditions may apply.
1: dun, dun, dun. Uh. It's sports (laughs) Prize picks Football season may be over But the action on the floor with it's eating up Whether it's tournament season Or the fight for playoff home court There's no shortage of high stakes Basketball moments this time of year Yeah Toss that rock Come on, guys yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps, whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops. You're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. skit Price Books even offers injury insurance so that your entry stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine if Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog! Then, it would be more like baseball but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game! Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today. And use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. But the idea is that, like, how much more violence has been done in the name of Jesus Christ than in a beautiful artistic representation of two women in love with each other? Maybe, yeah, they're sixty nine and right now with a bunch of rose stems up their assholes, uh-huh. but they could also be married. They could be. It's very possible that they are. in love with each other. So you mean to tell me this representation of love that you view as some lascivious uh, pornography, which is actually just a celebration of the power of the clitoris, uh-huh. I think is actually very uh, forward and very thoughtful, and children should know. If two women want to uh, pretend to be
2: bosses and have sex with each other and then have a picture of that be put on a T-shirt, you know what? This is America. That's love. And, of course, it it is ironic. It also happened on American
1: Airlines. They should be on the front lines of freedom.
2: What are they? They're acting like
1: JetBlue. They should have have consensual no-pants flights. (laughs) If you really are American Airlines, no-pants flights, it's a burger buffet— Oh, We're doing today God. for everyone, for all members, for all classes that are flying this. Yeah, right. Yep. So welcome to Dick Out Airlines, which you we, <laughs> you can buy tickets for. Right, and you know it. It's coming up front. Hey, listen, everybody's dicks are out, pussies are out. They're on seats, well, nude if, on seats.
2: If your pussy is out, you might need to go to the doctor. But um, all right, well there you go. I, I, com- <laughs> Henry, we will find a consensus. I understand. Will we? Uh, we did. Um, well, um, Henry, I, I, I want you to this. talk about this story, though. Can we talk about this serious story really quick? Because you brought it to my attention before we started recording, and yes. this story is freaking crazy. Apparently, DNA is changing
1: when it comes to bone marrow pl- uh, transplants. Listen to this story. All right, so this comes from the New York Times. Oh, oh, so high high profile, high profile. When a DNA test says you're a younger man who lives five thousand miles away. After a bone marrow transplant, a man with leukemia found that his donor's DNA traveled to unexpected parts of his body. Uh Uh-oh. Interesting. A Um. crime lab is now studying the case. Now, this this was an article written by Heather Murphy. Three months after his bone marrow transplant, Chris Long of Reno, Nevada, learned that the DNA in his blood had changed. It had been replaced by the DNA of his donor, a German man he had exchanged just a handful of messages with. He'd be encouraged to test his blood by a colleague at the sheriff's office where he worked. He had an inkling this might happen. It's the goal of the procedure, after all. Weak blood is replaced by healthy blood, and with it, the DNA it contains. Mm. But four years after his life-saving procedure, which I didn't even know, I didn't even know that I didn't a know that either. It's transplant. like I'm totally insane. On. Yeah. It was not only Mr. Long's blood that was affected. Swabs of his lips and cheeks contained his DNA, but also that of his donor. Even more surprising to Mr. Long and other colleagues at the crime lab, all of the DNA in his semen belong to his donor. So hold on so a second. So he's not even making his own babies. That, he's not even making his own babies anymore. It is it's, His cum is turning into another dude's cum. I mean, and
2: it's a German man, so next thing you know, he's acting like Edward Norton in American History X, just saluting
1: the Nazi flag with no idea why he's doing it. He's just like... Face up inside of a toilet underneath a porter pot, <laughs> just drinking people's liquid it's, diarrhea. It's not my fault. It's the this German man inside want. of me. There's something inside of me that's telling me to do this. And so that's what he says. He's becoming a chimera. But isn't That's this the technical like, term for the rare person with two sets of DNA? This is something that is very, very interesting. They say that apparently it also happens with organ donor transplants that you begin to take on. Like it's kind of an urban myth, but also vaguely, right? I guess it. I, I'm not certain for. I'm not certain, but I believe it is sort of substantiated by some real research that you are starting. You start to take on the personality traits of yep. the person that you got the uh, organs from, and taste buds. It's like change. a horror movie. It's like Idle hands. It
2: truly is. It also reminds me of 89's Batman, where Joker falls into the vat. Nicholson falls into the vat and he becomes the Joker. This is sort of how you could create a supervillain when you're doing the donations. Do they like do personality tests on the people that are giving you the liver, giving you the kidneys? Like, do they do a soci um, no. a, a sociopath? No, because it's just so about- it's possible that you could get the DNA of a raging serial killer. Maybe they were put on death row and they were like, okay, I still want to donate something, and. It, it it's like freaking chucky man it is like you could get you could get the soul of a serial killer implanted into your
1: body and then if you do can you get away with murder i don't know I, do, I, I wonder if you can number one it's very difficult because you're just trying to find your you're dying right you need to find a match and that's the first priority yeah right First priority is getting the match. But yeah, you find out, oh yeah, so he might have been this pizza magnate that was forced <laughs> out by his his own board of directors for oh. saying racial slurs at a meeting, and now he's divorced, and now he's slowly matured, trying to give as many people his bone marrow as possible because at first he thought it sounded delicious, but then he realized he could control people's minds from the inside. And so part of what it says on this term of paper, it says day of reckoning. I don't know why it says that, but... He, you can't know. So who knows if it starts to truly change your personality. But this crazy. is because I know that they say that's a really that's w- several ways people have been uh, cured of HIV slash AIDS is very intense bone marrow transplants. where right. you Literally transplant all of your fucking blood and they give you new shit. They give you new blood makers. But essentially. It, it
2: does ask the question or it does beg the question. What are we? What are we? If we can be well, changed that easily with, the, with Kissel, the insert
1: of a liver from somebody right, else. and if you want to take this little tack, let me first prepare the audience. <laughs> Let's let me be fucking t- hitting a bong. <laughs> what if these, there's a lot of people that talk about the idea that our personalities, our direct consciousness are piped in, that they're in a cloud, and we are like operating mechanisms. We are antennas for essentially things that are free-floating free in the sky. What if there's something that's inside of our DNA? Again, I'm not writing a book, so I don't fucking know. But what if there's something inside of our DNA that's sort of like, like the <sighs> mitochlorians in the fucking... In, is that a Dune uh, reference? Star Wars. Okay. Not Star Wars. Thank God. I think it's called Mitochlorins. But the idea is that you... There's some, there's like almost stuff in your DNA that allows your... That kind of is like little hinge points, like little attachments, kind of like what you have at the end of your neurons... With These like, kind of ways things attach for these various personalities, for these things. And that maybe you become sort of like a, a, a bigger antenna for somebody else's personality when you get your DNA replaced. It's, hey, you know what, buddy? I'm no just, facts support that.
2: I'm just stoned enough to entertain the idea and the concept, though. It's, it is endlessly fascinating. And it will be interesting when at some point this will be the defense of someone who, who just shoots up a mall and just been like it wasn't I never would do this but I got my pinky replaced by some or my my trigger finger I I, I cut it off in a saw accident and I had a different <laughs> one put on turns out that was of Dylan Roof So no, it would be crazy
1: no It no. will be
2: crazy it is like idle hands and anyway that story I just had no idea that um, that could even happen so interesting
1: As and I'd like to say as a society I'd like everybody to Well, for our listeners too, if you have any expertise in this field, please email us. We got some really good responses about what the hell it means to to, to be, uh, what the difference between manslaughter is. Basically, it's like the concept of, you know, first degree, you premeditate the murder, there's a plan, you do it. Then there's involuntary manslaughter, which is like essentially you just didn't mean to do it. Yeah, well, speaking,
2: speaking of murder, we could talk briefly about this story. It's, there was a Saudi national. He killed three people. I'm sure you heard about this. It made pretty big national news. It was at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola. Uh, the dude's yes. name is Mohammed uh, Al-Sham, Al-Shamrani. Al-Shamrani. Mohammed Al-Shamrani. And everyone's like, what the hell happened? Why would he go crazy? Evidently. There is some evidence to back up the claim that he was super pissed with a nickname that was given to him in April. That nickname was porn Stash. I guess he was so offended by that that he decided that he stewed on it for, what is that, five months? Just sat there, be like, oh, porn stash. I don't know why they would call me porn stash. I don't watch porn. And then he shot and killed three people. Um, laughing, he continued to say, this is according to uh, the story, um, the dude that gave him the nickname Pornstache was a fella named James Day. Uh, he was a teacher, and uh, in the complaint, Elshamrani wrote that Day was asking about ten students around the room if they had any questions before dismissal. When he turned to Elshamrani, uh, Day allegedly asked him, uh, addressed him rather as Pornstash. Laughing, he continued to ask, "What have you not seen a porn before?" Elsham Rani reportedly wrote in the complaint, after I did not respond, he just let the subject go. Obviously, the nickname, we know what the nickname is. Uh, the Times quoted Elsham Rani as saying, I was, furiated, I was furious, I was infuriated as to why he would say that in front of the class. So, I, I guess, man... Talk about thin skin. This guy actually probably... You
1: guys got to be careful when you tell us a nickname. Right? I Like guess when I accidentally so. gave Travis the nickname Titties. You didn't on, accidentally give him the nickname yeah, Titties. Yeah, I did. No, you followed it up again and again it, and again. It, you always follow the fear. <laughs> right? You follow the fear. You have to follow where your mind goes. You have to yes-end yourself. You got to support yourself just, with your ideas. I love that you
2: are even remotely close to trying to backtrack on how Travis... You no, know, it was uh, it was uh, words, the name
1: It was words that just came out of my mouth. He doesn't have large press. No. He is a he is a very thin he is thin and and and, and masculine. No, you but, just and you have an
2: Eric Cartman like devil that is sometimes. screaming inside of the corner of your brain,
1: and that's the nickname that you wanted to go with. But I, it's just I didn't like, mean to, but I'm saying we're lucky that Travis is as good. On the inside, and he didn't flip and bring his day of reckoning to our note. Well, there's a lot of days in the year.
2: You never know when it's going to happen. That's all. I'm very cautious. Very, very cautious. So you keep
1: Uh, Travis at arm's length as he sits in front of you? No. You're saying that you're scared of him? No. Don't don't tell him you're scared. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's important to always have a small fear of all
2: of your employees and working partners because he can
1: rise up against you. You never know. That is what
2: you learn. That's what you learn in Children of Dune. You never know. This is according to Brian Boosie. He's the president of the Delaware Resource Group of Oklahoma. That's right. The president of Delaware Resource Group of Oklahoma. Don't ask me. He says, he says (laughs) regarding the incident, he said appropriate personnel action was taken regarding the incident in question. Corrective action was taken. The matter was closed back in April and we have no further comment, but this is why, you know, we, we talk about the roast culture that we live in with comedy and you know, we're not big, we're not big into the roasty world, but this is why it's very important to listen to Jeff Ross every now and again, to listen to roast comedy. You got to build up a thicker skin. You have to, you otherwise really do. you're going to shoot up three people in a Pensacola prison, and does this man have any idea the nickname he's going to get in prison? It's not going to be
1: as nice as porn Stash. I mean, he might get the same one. He might just get the same one, and then and you eventually, have to live with also also forever. Also, when it comes with the nickname, you're mad about it for a while, and eventually someone calls you porn stash in jail, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> kind of fits. <laughs> I do got this stash, And then you start realizing, realize, you're like, I might have been wrong. Yeah! No I th- might have jumped the gun, quote-unquote, with my anger about this nickname. Yes, it was a, it was a massive compliment. Burt Reynolds was
2: the creator of the porn stash. They're saying you got a huge cock. That's all they're saying, and you bang a bunch of people. That's it. I don't understand the offense, um, but nonetheless, tragedy again at a naval station here in Pensacola, Florida.
1: You got to be careful out there, guys. Be careful. Um, here, here's, a, here's a good email that I got to do, explaining more of the voluntary versus involuntary, because this came from an attorney in Utah. Okay. Uh, Henry, oh, I did say Henry was kind of spot on, which is nice. Voluntary oh. manslaughter is the killing in the heat of passion as a result of, quote-unquote, adequate provocation. Now, obviously, this is in the United States, So, the, but the case we were talking about last week was in Europe, so who right. knows what the hell they say. saying. The provocation has to be one that would arouse sudden and intense passion in the mind of an ordinary person. The classic example seems to be catching your spouse in bed with someone else. There also must not have been sufficient time between the provocation and the killing for the passions of a reasonable person to cool. So you can't kill your wife two weeks after you caught her in bed with someone else. Right? You can't, guys. Finally, the killer must not have, in fact, cooled off between the provocation and the killing. You can't just pretend you're mad your wife cheated on you when you really don't care because the spark is gone, and then you kill her for the life insurance using your fake anger as an excuse. Honestly, but again, you just gave someone a great idea, E. E. Involuntary manslaughter, on the other hand, is the killing of criminal negligence. It can also be called misdemeanor manslaughter when you kill someone while committing a misdemeanor or certain fel- felonies. This is accidentally killing someone while doing something stupid or while you commit some other low-level offense. Interesting. I say
2: lean in. You bust your girlfriend or your wife having sex with another man, just be like, all right, finish. Just finish it up in front of me. It'll make well, them now you uncomfortable. you have to finish. But now you have to finish. Just do it in front of me. I don't care. Let's just get this. So,
1: I also got an email from a barrister okay. uh, practicing in England who we've made, we've th- unfortunately roasted saying that, how do you trust a lawyer in a wig? And she, they said, <laughs> yes, I have a, a wig and account. So I'm sorry. Again, you know, which, everyone's mad. I'm sorry to everyone. I'm sorry to everyone 24-7. Uh, In England and Wales, we have voluntary and involuntary manslaughter. Voluntary manslaughter is broken down as follows. Diminished responsibility. Abnormality of the mind. Loss of control. Not to be confused with a fit of rage. An example of loss of control would be a domestic abuse victim who finally snaps... Or a suicide pact. Involuntary manslaughter is broken down into unlawful act, constructive manslaughter. Most commonly a fight where someone hits their head after a punch and dies. Probably the worst example from the UK was Mick Philpot, who killed six children in a house fire he started to win back custody. You may wish to look into him huh. for an episode. And gross negligence, a doctor whose poor treatment results in a death of a patient, or a person who sells drugs to another who dies. Taking them. Well, how the the hell hell is he going to
2: get custody back if he burns all the children alive?
1: But in the case of Bennett von Wertz, I believe he was initially convicted of willful homicide, which was later reduced on appeal to gross negligence. Willful homicide appears to be defined as a person intentionally behaving in such a way that causes their death of another person, punishable by at least five years of I, imprisonment.
2: That's it. I feel like gross negligence should be like shooting up a uh, shooting up a school while picking your nose or something. You know, you got to be doing something kind of nasty. Have a no have toilet gross paper means on something else
1: in the law. It means something else there. No, I know that. I'm making a joke.
2: All right, well, let's do something that's no laughing matter. Let's do Hero of the Week! Hero! Okay, this week's Hero of the Week, he technically didn't do anything, and quite honestly, I could have chosen a different story, but it's going to be Daniel <laughs> Higginbotham. He's a 44-year-old. He picked a massive potato uh, snack from a Morrison store, and you he know what? Just... He found a six-inch crisp. He bought the one, uh, one uh, what's, what's the name of the currency over there again in, uh, in Europe? Euro. Euro. The euro, yeah, whatever. Uh, he God picked a he picked it, a Kissel. one euro bag for lunch, um, but got just... peckish around mid morning and decided to tuck it. He 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 opened it up, and then he opened up the bag. He said, "I pulled it out, and it kept going. It was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be." Isn't that interesting? This is
1: great. Um, This is really, really great. So (laughs) instead of It's just a big potato chip. It's a big potato chip, yeah. Um, What about this makes him a hero? uh, Well, he found it. So you're just saying that it's so instead of saying it's like one of those that some people um, choose their fate and some people have their fate thrust upon them not he's al- one of those yeah
2: you're you're not often you don't choose to be a hero the hero life chooses you he says so he went to get a tape measure it was six inches long he goes on to say i was quite happy it was the biggest crisp happy it was the biggest I was crisp i have ever seen and then he Why says else? everybody <laughs> wants to find a big crisp don't they so there I you go. Isn't so, that exciting
1: it matter? I don't think it matters. It's not just Well, this is the thing. Nothing the, has changed in, in society. No, this could, he has this not could affect, influenced anything.
2: This could affect the Brexaphone. Daniel said colleagues flocked to his desk to marvel at the fine. This is what he said. He said some weren't interested at all, but I quick but I quickly I locked it away just in case Somebody crushed it, so that's what makes him a hero, Henry. He found and a six-inch crisp and he saved it. And I don't think he's going to eat it. Uh, he says he's he thinks he's going to put it on display in a display case. He says, "I'm not saying it's the biggest ever, but you never know." I had a little look and I couldn't see anything bigger. So uh, it, isn't it's that nice? Just,
1: it's like you know what, honestly, it is really nice. And it then, is technically very. It really nice is. That it, he it's, did it's,
2: do it. It is. And speaking of the hero life, choosing you, he says. I'm not even sure why I bought them. He said I was drawn to them that day. <laughs> I, I, you, I swear,
1: I, I swear to God, yep. that is not that is not a, a way it goes. However, That's just, just straight up, not a way it goes. No, like he's not. This is not. He is not. This is not a call to Will. This is not Joseph Campbell's like a hero's initiation you know i again i'm gonna immediately backtrack and say it might be it really depends on what else happens to him well it really does but now unfortunately it's
2: not the biggest crisp in the world although i believe it's oh it's
1: not f- even the biggest crisp henry in the world? but hold
2: on it's the biggest natural in, in it's the biggest natural in nature found crisp the largest crisp is a 25 inches by 14 inches but it was created specifically for the u.s based food engineers in 1991 well, so you because you can't, make make you it can't specifically.
1: they don't fit in the box. No, it's they don't so, fit in the
2: little bag. Exactly. So I actually think this is the biggest found in nature crisp ever recorded, which is why Daniel um, Hagenbotham, your hero
1: of the week, you're in charge of the segment. <laughs> so I, I, I get it. I, 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 I'm with you. I see your the way you rationalize it. It's very exciting. I think that very excited. It, I think that it is fine. Thank you. Thank you. I am now gonna read some viewer mail. All right. We can't see anything, but it's listener mail. Okay. This comes from A. Around 2016 I lived in an old house with my cat by the name of Duchess. She is a lovely creature and I love her very much. My room was on the second floor of the house near a staircase. I woke up around 3 or 4 a.m. to the sound of her distressed meowing coming from the hallway. A kind of frantic meow I haven't heard her make before that urged me to get up and check up on her. When I opened the door to my room, she was pacing around the hallway with a spooked look on her face. I didn't turn the lights on. I came to comfort her at the top of the staircase. When I peered down the steps leading down to the first floor, I noticed how exceptionally dark the space around the staircase was, like the blackest black. Compared to everything around me. I got an uncomfortable feeling, so I picked up my cat, carried it in my room so she could sleep with me. I left the door slightly ajar so she could leave if she wanted to. But I made her, I, I made up, I put on a little bed as she made a spot for herself all the while her eyes gaze, while her, her eyes gaze rarely left the door. Hmm. She sat on my bed uneasy with her fur standing on end, but she didn't make any sounds. As I followed her gaze to the crack of the door while on the bed with her, I noticed something strange. It looked as though the blackness of the staircase has followed us into the room, but the size of a small, like a dark cloud, centered around five to six inches from the ground besides the door. As I kept staring at the blackness, it seemed as though reality was distorting in that one spot. It's hard to explain, but it's like in that darkness... I had shapes formed inside of it, and I could make out a shape of two heads moving separately from each other, and then I could see two bodies. Hmm. They look like two bald. Pointy-eared goblin-like things with large eyes, and they were huddled together by the door and then started to move and were slowly creeping into my room. It wasn't like I couldn't see them totally physically manifest, but it was like an outline of three-dimensional forms of two distinct bodies, and I could feel like they were living things, which is a strange experience to convey with words. Hmm. It's not, the first of con- of the- it's not the first of its kind in my life. They started making their way closer to my bed, and I could see that they were fixated on my cat. I didn't like the vibe these things were giving off. They felt hostile, and I started to get freaked out, so I told them to leave out loud in a panic. I learned, I heard that words powered by intent can be powerful to these kinds of situations, but they seemed to completely ignore me and I could still see them advancing forward, moving closer to my bed. My cat was staring wide-eyed at the same direction, looking super spooked, and I started to get nervous. I didn't know if you guys have ever tuned into your auroric fields before hmm. or heard of this technique, but I was taught by my mother who was pretty heavy into energy healing when I was growing up. The technique involved closing your eyes and visualizing that you are blowing up a protective sphere around your body using your energy field. Technically, it's called calling a circle if you were to use ritualistic magic. I closed my eyes and cast that barrier mentally around myself and then visualized it around my cat as well. I kept at it for maybe a minute until I opened my eyes to see if the weird goblin things were still there. I looked around, and it's like the fog had lifted, and the corner where they were at was no longer dark and spooky, and there was nothing there anymore. My cat seemed to relax, and in about five minutes, she seemed to have calmed down and curled into a little kitty croissant Aww. and proceeded to fall asleep. Don't eat it! It was a pretty strange experience. But it was one that I will remember for a long time. If you're following season two of Hellier, you'll see why I read that, and specifically the idea of goblins being obsessed with your pets.
2: Oh, my goodness. All right. It's very interesting.
1: I have an email here as
2: well, Henry. I'm not sure if you were going to read this one. It comes in from EAP. It's entitled Anus Hotel. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It says, just Google Anus Hotel. It's like an Airbnb shaped like an anus. Not sure if it's legit. But I feel like it's up your
1: alley. So there we go. Thank you so much. Really, thank you. <laughs> really, honestly, thank you. Thank you. Um, so this was in response to a story we told a little while ago where I said that if I said, you know, and I'm not known to be wrong a lot. You know, I'm is that right? on the money. I'm on the money most of the time. Is People this something know that, that
2: someone has told you or is this something that you're sort of saying?
1: I no, absolutely not. You know what? You could say something to yourself, and it's like somebody else is saying it to you if you do it in a funny voice. That's true. That's true. So this is a story where I said that it seemed that if you were to pee your pants in a mugging situation, that would make the mugger more likely to mug you. I I disagreed with you, though. You did. And G disagrees with me as well from a story (laughs) they have to tell. About 12 years ago, I was walking home from the bar pretty drunk, alone, late at night, and at one point on my walk, a very large teenage girl ran up to me, (laughs) flashed a knife, told me to give her my money. I'm a very petite woman, about five foot two, and this girl had about a foot and a hundred pounds on me, so I knew I was in an incredibly dangerous situation. My animal instincts took over, and what my animal instincts told me to do was fall to the ground, screaming, and piss my pants. (laughs) I screamed louder than I'd ever screamed in my life and visibly soaked the front of my pants. My mugger seemed to get freaked out. She just jumped on her bike and ran away without taking anything. So, I don't know if pissing my pants in this scenario only worked because I'm a woman, but it did work. There you go. And what great, honestly, perfect animal instinct. Sounds perfect. like there's a lot of custom vids that are going to come out of this. <laughs> that's That's my guess. All right. And I got a little bit, I got a little bit more. This one comes from Nate. I also I want to straight up say thank you to everybody that sends us stories in the emails. And and I love them. I love hearing your weird-ass experiences. It's my favorite thing in the world. Because this, yeah, I think this is a good place to share Absolutely. when odd shit happens to us.
2: And don't forget holiday horror stories for next week. Uh, indeed. Side stories, L P O T L at gmail.com.
1: Get yourself on and really send it up Indeed. Okay. So this is one. This is just a weird anomalous. This comes from Nate. This event took place while I was in high school growing up in PA. I was a sophomore at the time, and I was spending the night at a friend's place. There were about four of us total in the house for the sleepover. The night consisted mostly of us playing video games, watching music videos, and eating fast food. We were all hanging out in the living room downstairs when most of the lights turned off. The only light was coming from the TV. Then the occurrence had happened. All of a sudden, the whole downstairs filled with a green light. Me and my friends were stunned. We all couldn't move. As the light grew stronger, a thin white mist started to rise from the floor. The mist never rose above six inches off the ground. I can't exactly remember how I felt in that scenario, but I didn't have any fear, mostly just curiosity." After a full minute in this bizarre scenario, as quickly as this event started, it dissipated in the blink of an eye. Hmm. After whatever had left, my friends and I got up to check it out. We ran around the house and went outside to figure out the mysterious event that had just happened. I should also mention that this neighborhood was secluded and had no street lamps. On top of that, the living room was facing backward with the woods. We spent the rest of the night being the Hardy Boys trying to solve the mystery. We're really stretching for an answer. Our best answer is that we suspected that the light of the moon had reflected off a box of cascade dish detergent, which was concealed underneath the sink. Okay. It sounds foolish, but we were just trying to explain what happened. For about a decade, I thought it was aliens. Because, you know, the whole green face and the association of the color green with aliens. Right. Hellier, as well as a shout out to Hellier. However, after reading up on paranormal events, I realized that ghost apparitions can take on different forms from orbs to mists. Oh, see? It takes it makes your brain expand. I now believe me and my friends were experiencing a ghost, but still not entirely sure. You just got "Ding Dong" by the Weird, my friend.
2: Whoa, "Ding Dong" by the Weird! Great story. I love those tales of sleepover uh, scaries because that does happen. That does happen. Yeah,
1: and I like it when it's ghosts and not just my uncle molested all of us.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are always hard because then we have to go to the police. Yeah. Um, all
1: right. Any more emails, Henry? Uh, no. I'm really all good. Right. I'm, I, we did it. That's it. That's from y'all, and
2: thank you for your support. Thank you all so much. We also want to thank everyone that came out to see us in Toronto, in Columbus, Ohio, and in Detroit. A special shout-out to Austin in Detroit. We had a great time at the casino. Evidently, we stayed at the bad casino, but because we stayed at the bad casino, they also had my favorite casino game, which is just the drinking game, War,
1: with you, played with money, which is awesome. You literally just cosplayed. The National Lampoon's Vegas vacation when he loses all the money Uh, and goes to the shitty
2: casino. Talk about the opposite, because I made money and Austin made money. And so thank you so much for being such a uh, a wonderful fan and uh, such a nice escort around Austin. Not a sexual escort, an escort escort. Um, And also, just thanks everyone in Toronto. Thanks everyone in Columbus. We had a great time. Columbus is a beautiful little... All American towns, so. We had a great time, and we will be back in Detroit sooner than we went there the first time. We will be yes. there sooner.
1: We um, will be we there very, very soon. Again, remember, buy those live show tickets. We're week, We're going to be out there. Huh? We're going to be on,
2: but this week. this week we're gonna be in New Orleans we're gonna
1: be in New Orleans can't wait to see you
2: and Mm. also support page seven and wizard of the uh, wizard and the bruiser the regency theater in uh, Los Angeles that is Wednesday this Wednesday tomorrow tonight Uh, tonight it is tonight um so please go out there and support them um you can look away from Holden you can just cover your eyes and listen but just stare at Jack
1: don't Don't look directly at Holden. Look at the women. Yeah, just look at Jackie. Look at Natalie. You can look at Jake. You can even look at Jake. Jake is great. Jake is a sweet guy. He's fun. Um, but Holden will take what he will do. Will take from you what he can. He will take your soul from you. He'll take your hopes, your dreams from you. If if he could, he would. He absorbs your energy. He's uh, the last of the most epic psychic vampires. But that being said, um, it'll be a great show. So check it. out. It's gonna be a great show. I also say that uh, Jackie. They're all gonna be hanging out after the show too, saying hi. So make sure you you can go in there and buy them brewskis, buy them soup. Buy, buy them soup. Buy them soup. Buy, Jake would love some soup. Honestly, I could see Jake slamming soup in a bar. You love soup in a bar. Why not? Um, make sure you like so live. You gotta live. Yeah, you gotta you live do. to the end of 2020. No more murder suicides, everybody. Okay. Nope, No. Nope, no. Nope. Let's hold off on those until 2020 because they don't. They don't roll over. It's nope. like your sky miles. Nope. Right. Those murder suicides. You see, it's not gonna. It's not gonna count if you do it now. It doesn't really count. Mm-mm. For tonight, 2019, it gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, love, love your pets. I mean, you know, if you got a pet, love a pet. Love okay. a pet today. Okay. I, I, I just sometimes I, I look upon Wendy and the sheer simple love that we have for each other. Sometimes I wonder, will it save my life one day? Is this, is this the meaning of my life to love this pet? And you know what? Sometimes it is very nice.
2: It is nice. And then it's fun to remember. I saw this meme on Instagram. Yes, your, your pet won't be alive for all of your life. But all of your pets' life is with you. <laughs> Isn't that nice?
0: It's 100% of their life is with you. You're right. <laughs> you're
1: right. And laugh. Laugh, because if you're not laughing, you're shitting your pants. I don't know what I said. All right. There
2: it is, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Hail yourselves. Hail, Satan. Magustalations.
1: Help me in my, in my guts.
2: Absolutely. And if you see oh. Papa again, we, we we need someone on the inside. Something's Someone's got to get
1: in there. You have to influence his actions or you need to tell us so we could tell the police. Absolutely. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.